0: Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. This week on Heart of the Athlete, we welcome special guest speaker, six-year WNBA veteran and FCA speaker and motivator from the recent FCA camp. Here's Shauna Mahaley. Good evening, everybody. Oh, I love the energy in the room. Man, I I truly absolutely love the energy in the room. And with the theme like, let's go, man, you can't help but get excited. And I'm so stoked and I'm so excited for multiple reasons. But I'm excited because I know when you get hyped like this, something big's about to happen. It's kind of like having your own hype man, you know? Like, like when you walked in to come to FCA, you had the entire huddle leaders give you a tunnel to walk down. You may have got it pelted with water, I don't know. But you had music blaring, you had people yelling your name and screaming because, yes, they wanted to welcome you. But they were like your personal hype people Because something big is about to happen. But it's like you have your own hype, people. And this is why I know, getting on with the story, that a lot of good things are going to happen. Because when you get hyped and you have your own hype, people, something big is about to happen. Because it's like a foreshadowing of what's to come. This week, some of you are going to have your lives absolutely changed forever. So just be ready. Just be ready that your lives are probably going to be changed in some aspect and regard forever. Some of you are going to encounter the living God in ways, maybe for the first time for you, but some of you are going to encounter the living God for the very first time and in a deeper, intimate way than what you've ever experienced. Therefore, that will change your life forever. And some of you are also going to experience freedom from bondage that you've been waiting for for years. Amen? Which also will change your life forever. So when we have all of this hype and all of this excitement leading up to a day with a theme of let's go, with the topic of today, like go big, look out. Look out because we're going to go big tonight. Did you know that Jesus had a hype man? Jesus had a hype man. He did. His name was John the Baptist. Let me tell you a little bit about Johnny John. So John came to this earth literally with one sole purpose. And his purpose was to declare and make way for the son of the living God. So John's whole purpose in John the Baptist in his life was to foretell that this Messiah that the savior was about to come and save the world. So in the Jewish culture specifically in that time, we're talking thousands of years ago, that generation after generation after generation families would tell their own children and their children's children that hey, we're waiting a savior literally to come and save us, the Messiah. And so they're waiting. And then all of a sudden, this guy by the name of John the Baptist comes, and his whole job is to tell millions of people, quote, I am unworthy to tie the sandals of this man that's coming. Make way for the Lord our God. That's his job. So he's like hype man, getting everybody soaked for Jesus to come. And here you come entering in Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I'm wondering if good old John was thinking but yeah, so so Jesus had a hype man John the Baptist, and that's probably maybe maybe not what it had been like. But I digress. Tonight's topic is let's go big. Is let's go big. And I have three points tonight that I want to share with you that later on we're gonna discuss as you leave this place. You're gonna discuss with your huddle leaders and your huddle groups. But these three points are all going to depict and communicate a little bit bigger on let's go big. The first one obviously being God is big. The God that we serve, he's not, just, he's not just big. I mean, he is astronomically out of proportion of, of what we can even imagine, perceive, and believe in our own minds. He has the power to create absolutely anything out of nothing. And, and we can't even imagine that because we, we've never seen it before. Like, every single thing that we've absolutely tried to create has come from something, right? It's come from a um, matter that's already existed. But God's just like, ah, I, I think I want to do this with the earth, so poof, there we go. Ah, I think I want to make uh, a, a guy by the name of Adam, so poof, there we go. Like, he can do that because he's God. He has the power to deliver. And like I was talking about earlier, some of you may need that deliverance today, Some of you may need that deliverance of freedom from bondage of, whether it be mental depression or anxiety, maybe it's physical ailment, maybe it's uh, just frustration in life in general. But he has the power and the capability to deliver. He has the power over sin and death, that not even death can contain him. And this is the God that we serve. God speaks and things happen. That's how big God is. It's oftentimes so easy for us to be so wrapped up in our own world, in our surroundings, where we're at, what we see, the people that we encounter on the day-to-day, our family, our friends. You know, maybe we travel around the, the country, maybe even some around the world, and you can see different things. And that's not really our fault at some point, to some extent. But all we see is our little small way of thinking, our selfish, dare I say, way of thinking. But the God that created us is so big that I can't even start to talk to comprehend how big all those galaxies. And I'm not a scientist or an astronomer by any means, but to understand he created that. And it's huge. We're just such a small piece of a small planet in a small galaxy in the whole scope of things. And you may say, that's great and all. And I can comprehend a little bit of how God is, but what does that really do for me? Like, how does that really affect me? Because if I'm real and if I'm honest with you, I haven't really seen him do much for me lately. And I know that some of us in here are probably thinking that because you're like, okay, great, God's big, check, got that box, understand, let's move on. But what does that really mean to me? So I want to give you a little bit more of a personal, practical description of how God really is alive and how that bigness and that power of God has manifested itself in my own life and he can do the same for you. When I was coming out of playing basketball and I was transitioning actually to Seattle from Tulsa to play or from playing to be on staff with FCA in Seattle, I needed $907.11 for my plane ticket and to ship my car out here because I had a cool Jeep and I loved it and I didn't want to give it up. So I needed to ship that baby out. So I needed $907.11 and I only had a couple weeks to come up with this money and I'm praying and I, I did my part, and I tried to get a couple of different like, training sessions with some kids and did uh, had some money come in from random people. And guess how much money I raised in about two and a half weeks? $907.11. Emphasis on the 11 cents. You can't tell me that God is not over our finances. Because of that transition, I was transitioning out because I was previously married. And in that marriage, my husband had been faithful multiple times. Therefore, my marriage ended. My heart was busted up into millions of pieces. And I had no idea which way was up, which way was down, or where I wanted to go. And for those who have experienced heartache or hardships in life, you understand how difficult forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a supernatural act. And it has nothing to do with what we can do in and of ourselves. And the first miracle that I ever experienced of God in my life was Him literally taking His supernatural power, instilling it in me, having me wake up from a nap, and literally the first thing that I said that came out of my mouth was, I forgive you. First miracle I've ever experienced in my life. You can't tell me that God's power is not over the brokenhearted. And sometimes we read Scripture, and as we read it, it's a book. Sometimes we read it like it's just a historical book, or it's these crazy stories that there's no way that, that really he flooded the earth and this guy built a, a boat for like the last 120 years, or there's no way that he really created all of that. Or maybe some of them are, are so crazy with the healings, like he brought sight to a blind man, or he, he helped the lame to walk. And you say, that's great, but, but that doesn't happen today, and I beg to differ. Because I've seen and I've had the opportunity to pray over people, my very own self, and I literally saw a woman's legs who were uneven. She would sit against the wall. One leg was a little bit shorter than the other. And after we prayed over her and laid our hands and her legs literally grew to be the same size, the same length, no longer had to go to physical therapy, and she was completely cured. Or maybe one of my best friend's moms, who has scoliosis in her back so bad that she had numbness that went all the way down her leg and it was painful just to sit. And as I prayed, I literally felt the popping of her spine straighten into realignment and back in place. Could feel down her leg and had no more pain. Or maybe a manifestation of a bump on a lady's shoulder that I prayed for that had it on mine, woke up the next day, the bump was gone, called her and she had no more pain in her shoulder. You can't tell me that God is not a God of healing. And that's not stuff that just happens overseas or in third world countries. That's not stuff that's happened back in the Bible days because we read about it. That's stuff that happens today because we serve and we love a big living God. So not only is God super big and super powerful, but man, he loves you. This is my point number two. Clearly, it's been up for the past five minutes. Point number two being God loves you. And he loves you so emphatically, you've never experienced a love like this before. I guarantee you that you've never experienced a love like this before. Because when you get loved like the way God loves you, it completely changes your life. When people think about Christianity, and I say that loosely because it has a lot of negative connotations, when people think about following Jesus Christ personally and intimately, they think about what they no longer are able to do. Like it's a boring life. you know me I don't do boring and when you get to know the love of God it has nothing to do with what you can't do it's you choose to live a certain way because you're so in love with the God who has loved you first so emphatically we got it all backwards it's not about what we can't do it's what we get to do and this is like an invitation for every single one in this room that maybe you have accepted a personal relationship with Jesus, maybe it's just not what you really know to be who Jesus is. Or maybe some of you haven't experienced what a relationship with Jesus is like, and holy crap, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Because the love of God is transformative. The love of God is, is so super powerful. And Isaiah 43, 1 through 4, he tells us this. He says, But now, thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob... He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He calls you mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I love you. There's another part of scripture I love to talk about when we're talking about the love of God, and it's not probably what anybody in this room would think, but it's the book of the Song of Songs, and it's the book about sex. Hey-oh, did y'all just hear what she said? She just talked about sex. That's right. There's a book in the Bible that everybody's now listening to me. There's a book in the Bible about sex. God's got it all covered, and he created it, and it's an awesome thing. But in the Song of Solomon, it is talking about a relationship between a man and a woman. It's like a love letter between one another. And as people read it, it's also about and also can be read as in it's God's love letter to his people. So we're going to read this through the lens of God's love letter to you. It's a lot of feminine language, but it's God's love letter to you. And it says this. And I'm going to pick two things out of this passage. It says, Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves, which we'll pick out a little bit later, behind your veil. You have captivated my heart, my sister, my bride. You have captivated my heart with one glance of your eyes. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much better is your love than wine. How beautiful. But this is God's love letter to you. And this is why I wanted to read this, and this is why I wanted to point out. The first word that sticks out to me is dove. Why you got to talk about a bird when you're talking about a love letter? This is why. This is so powerful, y'all. This is so powerful. The word dove, the bird dove is super dynamic because it represents a lot of really cool traits. And when we're thinking about God's relationship to us, this is a bird that is deathfully loyal. And that means this. When when this bird finds its spouse, so to speak, when this bird finds its mate, it is a mate for life, it does not wander, it does not stray, it has nothing to do with any other bird. Literally until it dies. It's kind of what marriage is supposed to look like. This bird is deathfully loyal, and these next two are very similar where it's single-minded and narrowly focused because the bird doesn't have any peripheral vision. So you know how when our eyes can move in their sockets, they can go back and forth, back and forth, and we have peripheral vision so we can see huge directions? This bird doesn't have that. So when it moves its head, like it has to look every single way, it turns its head to see. So when it is focused on something, it is narrowly focused and it is almost blinded to see just straight ahead. This bird is a bird of purity. It is known as the bird of peace. So if you take all of these things and you wrap it up and you literally think of it from the standpoint that this is God's love letter to you saying that when he has his mind fixed on you, which is always, he's looking at you deathfully loyal. He doesn't think about anybody else. That he's searching after you, and when he looks at you, that's all that he sees, because he literally can't see anything else. He's blinded. That when he sees you, he sees you as pure. That when he sees you, it is a relationship of peace. That's how God sees you, and that's how God loves you. All from a bird. All from a bird in Scripture. The second part that I want to take out is this word of bride. Because bride has a different connotation than the word wife. Bride has a different connotation even than the word groom. And this is not exclusive to women. This is all of us. It's just the word bride. Because when you think about a bride on her wedding day, and you ladies in the room, I'm sure that you dream about it. And man, when you guys see your bride coming down the aisle, you're just going to be jello and mush. But when you think about a bride on her wedding day, it's all about her. Really? Really? you got to get dressed out to the nines, like the hair done. Some people do the nails, some people don't. But you got to dress on. You're all made up. And when you start walking down the aisle, what does everybody do? Exactly. They don't look around. They're looking exactly directly at her. And when that groom, for the first time, sees his bride walking down the aisle, he's overcome by emotion. Because he's looking at her for the first time in this light and in this regard of, man, this is my bride. I want to remember this for my entire life. And, and he says that, if we go back, he says that, you are my bride. He calls her multiple times that you are my bride. And not only does God look at you with all of the acronyms and the, the descriptions of a dove, but he looks at you that, like a bride every single time that he thinks about you. Guys and girls. So every single time, this big, this massive, this powerful God, creator of this universe, dominion over death, dominion over sin, when this God chooses to look at you and love you, he It is just overcome with emotion. That it's all about you, just like it's all about a bride on her wedding day. You cannot tell me that if you can grasp that kind of love from a God who is that powerful, that that's not going to be life-changing. So not only is God big, God loves you, and he also has a purpose for you. He has a purpose. He has a purpose and a specific plan for each and every one of you that only you can fill. God has a purpose and a plan for you that only you can fill. He has given you gifts. He has given you talents that may be similar to other people, but if you put them all together like you've got them, nobody else has it. That you broke the mold when you were born. Absolutely shattered the mold. You're unique. You're different. You have a purpose, and only you can can fulfill that so I want to stop right here and I want to take a little bit of a step back and if you're listening say I am am. if you're listening say I am am. because every single one of you in this room are designed uniquely and different amen so why do we make fun and bully other people why do we mock other people and put them down because they're different than we are When we do that, in essence, we are saying, God, I am mocking you because you made them different than me, and I don't like it. If somebody's different than you, praise God. How boring would this world be if everybody was the same? So if you look different, you should. He made you unique. We don't all have the same skin color. We don't all have the same eye color. We don't all come from the same people. We don't all have the same desires. We don't all do the same things the right or the wrong way. That's the way God has created us. So stop your bullying. Stop making fun of people. Stop the passive-aggressive social media rants that you don't even do face-to-face. Because when you do that, that's basically blaspheming God saying, you made a mistake. Because every single purpose, excuse me, every single person in this room has a purpose. And if you don't like it, you don't have to like everybody. I didn't say that. But you treat them with love and you treat them with respect because God created them that way. Therefore, you love and you respect God because he created them that way. Amen? So we all have a purpose. How the heck do we figure it out? How do you find your purpose? And may I say that's a lifelong adventure. It's something that's going to be ever-evolving, and some of you may already know, some of you may have, have learned that when you are a kid, and you said, I know from the womb I was going to be a doctor in Guatemala. And some of you may have no idea. I wasn't until I was 34 when I found out what my real purpose was in life. It's got to do with what you like to do. It's got to do with what brings you life and joy. It's got to do with people that you like, it's got to do with the area and location in which you enjoy being around. All those things are part of it, but unfortunately we're not here to talk and figure out what our specific purposes are so we can then leave this place and know what our destiny is. Sorry, this is not a one-on-one philosophy in that, but I do know this. The one thing that I know for sure that is a purpose for every single one of us as believers is that we are God's hype men. We are God's hype men and women. And by that I mean in 2 Corinthians 5.20 it calls us to be Christ's ambassadors. And that means that we go before and tell other people about who he is. Because he's coming again. And so it's our job to make sure other people know by how we speak and how we act all about Jesus. I know that one for sure. The other ones are going to be ever evolving but I guarantee you that you have a purpose, and only that purpose in which you can fill. As I close, and we're going to, before too long, dismiss to go into our huddles and have huddle time and and discuss questions like, what does going big mean to you? What does that look like to you? Discuss how this awesome, powerful God can love me so small individually but so intimately. What does this purpose in life look like for me? All those questions we're going to discuss as I dismiss you. But first and foremost, um, I don't want to miss this opportunity that if some of you here tonight, I know this is just the first night, so I'm going to go big on this and I'm just going to say it. That if some of you have a stirring in your soul right now, and what that means practically, what that means and what that looks like is if there's like an unsettled feeling in your heart, maybe you feel nervous for no reason, Maybe your heart's racing. Maybe your hands are sweating. Maybe, you're, maybe you are sweating and it's cold in here. That's kind of weird. If there's something that's stirring in your soul and you're like, I want something more. Like, I, I, want, I want to know what she's really talking about. I, I want to have that personal relationship with God. And I've never really understood it like that before. But I, I know I want something new. I know I want something different. Being that this theme, this topic is let's go, being that this topic today is go big, can I just ask, if there's anybody in this room, if you would like to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ for the first time and get to know what this really is all about and what that is, would you be so bold, would you be so big to just come forward tonight? Is there anybody in this room that's just like, I can't deny why I'm shaking internally or why I'm just so Flustered i just have this deep desire to want more is there anybody in this room that's like that maybe there's freedom amen would you guys would you mind coming on forward and huddle leaders i want to note, huddle leaders if you have students that are coming forward and that are interested would you kind of make a mental note of that and make sure that we reconnect at the end of the service amen good job sister good job that's awesome this is amazing Good job, bud. This is incredible. Give it up. I know y'all were loud. I know y'all were dancing earlier. Give it up. This is incredible. This is incredible. So what, what we're going to do, what we're going to do as Pablo comes up and dismisses in prayer, um, I'm going to meet with you guys, and we're just going to pray, okay? Um, again, huddle leaders, take note. But as Pablo comes up and closes out, go ahead, and you will be dismissed into your huddles. Um, But I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys, and I would love to get a chance to pray with you. All right? All right, thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho, and KBXL, The Voice.